Hey there, crypto curious gang. It's time to plug in and play with the blockheads at Blockcast. Strap in for our weekly whirlwind tour through the blockchain jungle where NFTs, shiny coins, and crypto titans tango. Served up with a side of spicy insights and the crunchiest bits of the digital sphere. Let's dive into the decentralized deep end. Blockcast is live in three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Blockcast. I'm your host and producer from Blockhead, Zheng. And with us is our regular and co-host, Huat Kui. Hello, everybody. We hope everyone has had a wonderful, happy new year so far. And you know, in our last episode, we talked about NFTs and kind of gradually went on to keep talking about ordinals, right? So today, we decided to go full on and deep dive into this topic. And we have invited a very special guest with the expertise to help us explain and discuss more about Ordinals itself. So let us welcome Nakib, co-founder and development lead from Odza. Hey everyone. Hey, I'm Nakib. I'm the co-founder of Odza. A very quick introduction about myself. I've been in space since quite early. I should say not super early, but in 2016 mainly. My transition to Ordinals was pretty different from most. Like most people started directly for NFTs, the NFTs in EVE or Solana in 2020-2021. But for myself, I started from doing DeFi and Ethereum. <laughs> um, I was the ops guy in Kyber way back until I left Kyber in 2021. Transitioned from DeFi into NFT per se, but I was still working on DeFi. Until in 2021, I actually read about the Taproot upgrade, the Bitcoin Taproot upgrade, which was pretty cool. That kind of changed the whole landscape. And then in 2022, that's when I read about Rodemos or Casey's, the founder of the creator of Ordinal's theory and protocol. And that's when I got super interested. This is such a new technology that I kept following, right? Until in 2023, February, I think it was 23rd, my birthday, is when the original theory paper, the PR went out. And I'm like, you know what? This is something really cool. I want to do this. This is something unique. So that's a very brief introduction about myself. Yeah. Well, that's quite a journey going from DeFi to uh, like <laughs> NFT specific. Not NFT, but no, they, uh, in the Casey's paper, they call it digital artifact, right? Yes. Uh, like collection based. Correct. Oh. I, I think previously in like between John and I we had a short podcast on uh, NFT and we also talked about ordinals. Maybe you can help our audience understand what are ordinals and how is it different from NFT. I think this is the one major question yeah. that everyone has been asking. Yeah, so ordinals is not or are not NFTs, right? Mm. It's it's a whole different thing from what NFT is all about. So a very quick example what NFT is, right? I think most of you know in Solana and Ethereum, we other EVM or Little One Foundations, really one chains is that NFTs are basically just tokens. Talk about ERC721, right? So when a creator launch their NFT project or collection, what happened is they store the art into IPFS or any file storage system, a site file storage system, right? That's on-chain, of course, but it's still not basically on-chain in the Ethereum network itself. And let's say you have a picture of a collection of 10,000 PFPs, right? You What you do is in NFTs, you store this picture into IPFS, 
you get the metadata you put into a smart contract and that's the metadata is a link to the ipfs that goes on chain into the, in the smart contract so when a, a person buys a pfp from its creator technically a person just buying a token or you could say buying a link to like a pointer into ipfs mm. right so the, the 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 good thing about this is that nfts have more it is so much easier to scale with this kind of method you can have bigger size files you can have like really sharp art clean art you can have big files like i mentioned earlier and you can everything can be done in multiple ways like because it's due to smart contract as well you can have like on-chain verified randomization you can do smart contract royalties you know all this these are the cool stuff about nfts but the problem with nfts is that it's not actually immutable in a sense that when the creator choose to change the art they can actually change the art any point at any point of time they can even choose to rock you a lot of nfts now that i own <laughs> based on what i bought back then are non-existent because <laughs> either the creator didn't choose to upgrade a smart contract or the smart contract breaks or they just decided to just rock and just delete the image in ipfs right and you lose everything but for originals it's a whole different ballgame it's considered digital artifacts because in a sense that when a person a creator launch an artwork a project let's say another 10k pfp collection in bitcoin originals what the what you, you have to do you have to inscribe each single one which is expensive to be honest but what you gain is those images are inscribed into the bitcoin network directly on chain and once it's inscribed, no one can change. Even the creator cannot change the artwork. And if you buy those artwork, you actually own the artwork, mm. the ordinance itself. Like you actually really own it. The creator cannot de destroy it, cannot delete it, cannot change the image, cannot do anything. You own it 100%. And that is how much of a bigger difference that ordinals are compared to NFTs. And that's the reason why it's called digital artifacts. So what does digital artifact means, right? Digital artifact means a digital product that cannot be altered, cannot, cannot be changed, that it's immutable, can, that can stand through history. And when people say there are restrictions on us, yes, but you need to understand the whole data structure. Problem with owning NFTs is that the project founder or the creator have to constantly maintain when there's a smart contract upgrades or when there are changes IPFS and stuff like that. For ordinals, it's just a one-time fee that you pay or anyone pay to upload or inscribe an art or even data. And it's just a one-time fee and the nodes are the one that maintaining everything. The only way for it to fail is Bitcoin fails. And if Bitcoin fails, everyone fails. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me get this, uh, like a quick summary on this is like for NFT, the things that we see now on like OpenSea, they are actually a pointer. So it's just a token pointing to the metadata in the IPFS. Yes. It's not exactly mm -hmm. on chain. So yep. today, if I'm a creator, I can change stuff on the IPFS and these things that you see on OpenSea will change. That yes. means you don't truly own the piece of oh, art. This is correct. what you are highlighting, right? Then on the ordinal side, you are saying that the image is actually being truly inscribed slash minted on the chain itself so that image is immutable no one can change it anymore yes it's inscribed on a satoshi on a bitcoin 
satoshi like one bitcoin right has small small satoshis satoshis are another form for people that doesn't know what satoshi is it's like GUI or GUI. some people call it in ethereum the small small ethereum ethereum you break to small parts equal g right or GUI, right and for bitcoin it's the same if you break bitcoin to small small part equals satoshis what you do is you actually etch or you inscribe something into the satoshi so no matter what you will have value on the ordinals because is based on how much satoshi is used to inscribe the art and all day the art or the project fails what you can do is you can still use that art as a monetary value because there's a satoshi tag to it and the satoshi under it so yeah oh i see mm. oh this is interesting i wanted to ask for example there's a limit to the image size that can be inscribed onto a satoshi yeah so one satoshi is it's like a gui, which is a mini units of Bitcoin. It, yeah. I, I wanted to ask, so for example, if I try to put a 400 KB image, does it take up two Satoshi or it will always be one Satoshi? No, it will depends on that. This, it will be multiple Satoshis to be used. Oh, okay. So, so the yeah. bigger image that you try to put in, uh, which is the maximum 4 MB, right? On that is 4 MB, but technically it's not fully 4. It's usually people set it 360, 3.6 MB. Yeah. 3.6 But MB. you can, for the sake of it, you can just say 4 MB. That's how Bitcoin is. The, yeah. And 3.6 MB. So let's say 3.6 MB. How, from your experience, uh, how many Satoshis will it take to land this image? A lot. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, okay. Uh, this is something that I think is a big difference because just now you highlighted that even today, let's say the image has no value, right? Uh, you still can use that Satoshi because it's part of the Bitcoin uh, <laughs> yeah. unit that you can yeah. use and send it to someone. It's like transfer of payment, right? It's mm. not just uh, NFT and more. There's a sort of like a uh, incentric value to it. Oh, yeah. this I never, I, see, I, I, see. I didn't know this. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. I, I didn't know this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Because like you can just say, if let's say the, the art one day or the project doesn't have any value, right? What you can do is you can just send the ordinals to a wallet that does not support ordinals. And automatically, that wallet will not be able to understand what ordinal is, but they can just treat it as a normal Satoshi. Yeah, you'll treat it like a Satoshi yeah. and you can send out as a payment. Yeah. I see. Oh, super. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, this is interesting. If, if we do that, will we be able to get back the, the artwork next time? No. I no. see. Yeah, once you break the Satoshis out, that's it. Oh. Yeah. If you read further, right, there's a, there's a thing called cardinals and ordinals right so cardinals are spendable bitcoin that you can use to spend that does not have any data on it while ordinals are ordinals where it's unspendable you call it unspendable bitcoin because there's data on it so yeah well i think bro today i learned something new not only something new previously i minted a lot of random stuff lah, using the uniset wallet uh, <laughs> on ordinals now i'm going to look for my key again and I look back into the wallet and see how can i move it to some wallet that doesn't recognize uh oh, what do you call that <laughs> yeah, ordinals and turn me back into satoshi again yeah <laughs> Get back some value. (laughs) Yeah, get back some value. Uh, Even for gas, I mean, gas is quite expensive right now, especially the band pool is going up. Yeah. Which brings me to the second question. So, if we are on crypto Twitter or uh, CT, uh, there's always this thing about uh, 
a group of people that they don't like ordinals. They think that you are vandalizing the chain, right? Uh, but there's another group which are super supportive of it. So maybe you can explain about this and, and maybe yeah. share your take. Yeah. I, okay, so the people that are against ordinals that because of how it causes and affect the high network fees are mainly called the Bitcoin laser eyes, right? I mean, this the laser eyes maxis, right? But they don't understand mm. for a fact that Bitcoin ecosystem is dying. Like, the miners are not being paid enough to, to be incentivized to be a miner. A lot of Bitcoin miners shut down way back in 2020, if I'm not wrong. Mm. And they, they went to do other mining for other chains like Ethereum staking or Ethereum mining or whatever, Solana staking. and what They just plan to be a node for different chains because it's much more beneficial in terms of cost-wise. And it, it got super expensive and they're not paid enough, right? And imagine all, and halving happening in April. Their rewards are being cut into half. Every half, every halving, their reward being cut into half. And in the future, if there's, if people are paying one set per V-byte, two sets per V-byte, how are these miners going to make money? And if the miners don't make money, they shut down, Bitcoin is going to die. Mm. So... It doesn't make sense that these miners are not paid enough for what they're doing in the whole ecosystem, which is making sure Bitcoin runs smoothly in terms of its data architecture, the nodes and everything. And Ordinals have made have paved the way for come getting more miners back into the space if a lot of people don't know. The high fees are what attracts the miner back. Hundreds and millions were paid to miners last year. And this was amazing. So miners are being fairly paid wages now. Back then, their minimum wage was being cut down to half all the time. But now they are getting paid properly. This is key to the growth of Bitcoin. And when audience theory came out, the protocol came out, Bitcoin has done nothing for the past seven years. There's no innovation. Okay, we call it eight years now, right? It's 2024. And Ethereum has been the one driving forward the whole innovation in the Web3 space. EVMs, mm. right? And then we see the growth of Tezos, see the growth of Solana, AVEX and everything. And all these are derived from Ethereum. And Bitcoin, the only innovation was Lightning. And Lightning broke many, many times. And of course, we have different layer 2 scaling solution in Bitcoin like RSK, like Stacks and stuff like that. But it's still not really built on Bitcoin. It's just like a side chain, not even on chain. But now with this honest protocol, there are more technology that people are building. Firstly, I talked about is ordinals, like artwork. The NFTs, I should say, I don't like to say we do NFTs on Bitcoin, but to make it easy for people, like now you can have NFTs on Bitcoin. You can have shitcoin on Bitcoin, like BRC20. People can start trading shitcoins on Bitcoin ecosystem itself. People are now working on doing ZK rollups on Bitcoin natively as well. And then we, we see things about BitVMs coming into Bitcoin. Like people try to build a, a Bitcoin virtual machine concept like EVM into Bitcoin. So you have seen so much growth in Bitcoin in 2023, more than you have ever seen in your life so far. And that's what makes Bitcoin very bullish and going to drive the the narrative for the next bull run. Because what what's there is to drive, like for EVM, we've been driving the narrative for bull run, right? We have DeFi summer, then we have the NFT boom, right? Then we have the ZK boom, right? What's what's next for EVM? Nothing. Like people are working at DIDs, you know, DIDs doesn't affect the whole bull market. It affects a lot of architecture, but not the bull market, right? But for Bitcoin, you know, you have 
so much thing going on, it can actually, you can actually see a lot of different layer one people or other chains coming to Bitcoin to build, which is amazing. And it can be a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think after Ordinals came up, there was a spike, then it came down and there was a spike again. And all these are contributing to a lot of growth to Bitcoin, like besides attention, right? Because all this hype are bringing attention. People are looking mm. Bitcoin more closely. But at the same time, I have to agree there are innovations taking place. So two things that you mentioned that I'm also looking at or reading, I'm not really a developer, is the ZK rollup on BTC and also BitVM. And we can also see the stacks. They call it BTC Fi, right? Which is a big Bitcoin DeFi. It's also something that's taking place right now. So a lot of exciting development, like you have mentioned. Yeah, we can actually already see DeFi Bitcoin now. I mean, shout out to my friend, a good friend of mine, Robin, the founder for Liquidium. He actually built the first lending and borrowing protocol in Bitcoin itself. And it's directly on Bitcoin, not using stacks or not using other layer twos, directly on Bitcoin, which is amazing, right? You oh, can trade. Lending and borrowing? Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, you can take a look. They do both ordinals and PRC trainings. Basically, they are doing an inscription lending and borrowing. Basically, there's mm. DeFi already in Bitcoin, which is freaking cool. So whoever that talks about how ordinals or inscriptions itself are destroying the Bitcoin ecosystem because high network fees, tell them they are actually wrong because these high network fees are the one that's reviving back the whole Bitcoin ecosystem. Like I said, wow. miners are being paid better. That's mm. the biggest point that people need to understand. I think from a fees perspective, definitely... Okay, so I'm on the side of having ordinals or, or rather supporting ordinals because I think it actually brings, at least for end user, it truly brings a lot of innovation to the space and you get, can see a lot of exciting stuff happening. Uh, that's mm. one. I think the second part is sometimes a love and hate relationship for, <laughs> for the high gas fee. So right now, if you are transferring... From uh, CX centralized exchange to any wallet, uh, Uniset BTC, the fees are high. So it's actually it's a mindset shift. It's like when you're on Ethereum, the high gas fee, you're still minting your NFT, BAYC, Pudgy Penguin and whatnot, right? The concept is actually the same. It's just that some may not be used to the high gas fee yet mm. because they used to be sending it at a low gas fee for, for BTC. Yep. But I want to ask you for your take on layer 2 for BTC. Is it something that is also like the ZK right, roll up and all? So you're perspective is in the future is it something that you see like ordinals will take place on the main chain which is the layer one and all the DeFi will go into like sort of the like layer two kind of things because the fees are cheaper if we talk about just things are going on layer two itself right there are, there are, let's say there are already kind of layer two on that your UTXO based layer two on Bitcoin like so there's let's say stacks and mm. all this right mm. but uh, what I'm hearing is people building a native on-chain ZK rollups like what Arbitrum and Optimism is doing like directly Ooh. is natively right if that happens right that's the future that I can see how Bitcoin can further even scale even like a next level that can mm. so yeah so fees will be low but miners are going to be paid well wow. as well. And it's going to be done on ZK rollups, which is going to be crazy. Wow. Okay. Hmm. This yeah. is getting me excited about a lot. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now that we, we, we understand what's ordinals, we understand the high gas fee and the different tracks, right? The laser eyes and one supporting. But definitely the high gas fee are also bringing back the miners, helping to secure the chain. I think also for us, 
uh, and the audience to understand what is this marketplace startup that you are running and how, how does it help artists slash creators to onboard onto Audinos? Because if you are not that tech savvy, but you are artists, you can do digital drawing and you want to put something onto the chain. Is it something that you are building a marketplace to help artists to do it? Yes. So for Audinos, right, before my marketplace started, right, for an artist to launch a collection in Audinos, they have to, they call it pre-inscribe or inscribe the artwork first. And inscribing, let's say you have 10,000, 10K collection, right, to inscribe 10K right now in Bitcoin costs you like a lot of money, hundreds and thousands of dollars, Mm. right? And most artists don't have that money. So Odza, my platform, is a place where we created for artists to just focus on artwork. They launch in Odza, they put their artwork. Let's say they do a 10K artwork collection. They just put it in Odza. And then the minters that come in to mint, when they press mint, the minters are actually paying for the inscription fees themselves. Because if you inscribe something like one, two, or three, it's actually not expensive, right? It's actually not expensive at all. So instead of what we have, what we built here is a place where it's a permissionless marketplace or launchpad. So anyone can just freely come to Odza, launch their artwork, launch their project without having to be scared of paying high fees to inscribe. The oh. users and the users and the minters are the one that paying for the institution fees on top of the mint fees. And people will do it. People oh, this is interesting. It. Yes. Mm. Okay, so for Odza, uh, as a let's say I'm a creator. I want to do a 50, okay? It's not a 10K collection, but just 50 image and I want to put on it. There's no fees. The gas fees are actually paid by the minters. Do I understand that yes. correctly? Yeah. The, the, oh. the inscribing fees are paid oh. by the minters. Yeah. And Odas business model is on the marketplace itself. Meaning if someone buys, you'll take a transaction but not from yes. the creators themselves, correct? You are just taking it because someone is transacting on your platform. Yes, correct. So we actually, for, for now, as I said, a free, uh, a zero-fee marketplace uh, launchpad, but soon we plan to charge because the reason why we did free because we want to build it for the community, we want to make everything proper, right, before we start charging fees. And we plan to charge fees at a very minimal value as well because we believe that, you know, you, you is key. Because for us, we've been growing really fast. Back then, the idea was Oza to start and scale while on demand. But for the past few months, so Oza actually, actually launched in August, but it was a beta version. We took out the beta version around September to November when it's fully launched fully and it actually went crazy, right? It went super viral. Our our website keeps breaking because we didn't expect the traction to be so high. Just to share with you, right, from just the difference between since August to December last year, 2023, our growth was at 11,000%. Wow. That's how crazy Oza grew because of how we are unique. Like, no, we are the first permissionless launchpad or marketplace. Anyone can just draw. People come in, they mint, and they inscribe. And creators keep creating and putting artwork. And we grow really fast. That's why we have to pay a lot of money on rebuilding whole infrastructure and architecture and the backend, right, basically. And we cannot sustain if we keep not charging. So we are planning to charge this year. Uh, we'll do an announcement on this. Yeah. Oh, then, uh, turn Blockhead must be fast. <laughs> Master, go and uh, create a collection and use Oza first. <laughs> Blockhead already knows. Yeah, yeah I mean. but 
but don't worry. I mean, we don't charge creators. We charge the the, the users that pay. So when we create a collection, does it mean that it's not inscribed yet? Yes, I correct. See. It's not inscribed. It's just an artwork. So you don't need to waste hundreds and thousands of dollars or $50,000 or whatever. Let the user pay for it because they are used to it. Even in Ethereum, man, people when mint, they are actually paying the, the mint and the network fees yeah, themselves, yeah. right? Why not bring that kind of ideology and concept into Bitcoin, which we did. And that's why it went super crazy. Oh, okay. So Ozar is a marketplace. So the key USP, now, now I put on the end user hat, right? So as a creator, I come, I create my uh, artwork. I don't need to pay the, the gas fee and uh, the minters will pay for it. So that's a plus and it's permissionless. So this is the big difference for Okza against the other marketplace. Right? Things like initially I have friends who wanted to try out minting or inscribing their artwork on, on BTC. So what they did is uh, they explore things like Magic Eden and all. But I think if I'm not wrong, they are permission. That means you have to fill in a form and write to them then they will launch your collection uh, like this type. Yes. Uh, I think being permissionless is a big plus and not having the creators to fork out the initial fees, oh, that is also a big plus. It is a big plus, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I, I if you go that. to onsa.com right now, like you see a lot of funny and fun art. Like people just go in and just do some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking at Otza, when I go to the homepage, right, as a creator, I do not know that is permissionless. Right, I think that's a big selling point that you might want to put some heading over there and, uh, and highlight. I know on Twitter that you all highlight zero fees, permissionless and all. Is this my suggestion? Suggestion. Yeah I, yeah, I plan to revamp the whole website. We, we are already in the process of revamping the whole website because we are building our secondary marketplace because for now we are focused on launchpads. Secondary marketplace is not as good as Magic Eden or uh, and stuff like that. So a lot of our users actually says that they want to use our secondary marketplace. So we are revamping the whole website. We're going to put like permissionless and everything. But if you go to Odza, you click on Launchpad or something, or Creators, right? You click and then you can actually share that it's permissionless too. But yes, our main website should have the word permissionless. Oh, I'd like to ask another question. It's like, so today if we, let's say Blockheads, they create 50 drawing and a collection and it's minted out on Oxa. Mm. Uh, it can be buy and sold on the Oxa. But can it also be buy and sold on uh, other marketplaces? Other platforms. Or... Yes, you can. It's very similar to Ethereum or other chains. Let's say a person mint and buy the Orinals, right? Mm. You, that person owns the full Orinal. And he can just list it in other marketplace as long as that marketplace index the collection. Oh, I see, yeah. I see. Wow, this is uh, mm-hmm. exciting. I think everyone listening to this, if you are an artist or creator, you should actually give Oxa a try. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Nothing to lose, right? If you are an artist, right? put your artwork up there. It's, yeah. The moment people mean, then it's uh, crafted on chain. How? Then when I is uh, blockhead going to do it? We need some. We need some assets, uh, fifty <laughs> assets for starters. <laughs> okay, so so you know that uh, like Oxa is also uh, going to focus on uh, the, the secondary sale, which is the marketplace. How do you think moving forward, uh, At least for the next one two years, how do you think Ordinals will? What will you think Ordinals will be like? So Ordinals' future is going to be different because for me, right, Ordinals, I see Ordinals has a place where you can actually value art 
because like I said, the highest the Bitcoin fees goes up, it's, it will get a bit more expensive for DGENs <laughs> to mm-hmm. just DGEN stuff in Bitcoin unless ZK rollups manage to come in quickly. But if ZK rollups don't come in quickly in two years or whatever, when, if let's say the network fees go to 600 cents per VBI, 1,000 cents per VBI, for example, right? The fees are going to be crazy. But what you can actually see is you will see Bitcoin has the OG chain, the grandfather chain or the mother chain, they call it, to be focused more on things like artwork like Fidenza or like art blocks as a chain by itself. Like in the future, what I'm hoping is to see like Picasso, Rembrandt, you know, Banksy art being on-chain and people can start trading this kind of high-value art. Because if you're talking about paying millions and millions of dollars for an art, right, they won't really care a few hundred dollars or thousand dollars worth of network fees in the future. You get what I mean? Yes, yes. Because it's yeah. still so much cheaper. Like if you go to an art auction, if you look at how art has been innovated, right, for the past, I think, 30 over years or 100 over years or something, the only innovation in art space are just auctions. <laughs> but if you can somehow push this art into ordinals and people buy ordinals and they pay the fees, it's still so much cheaper than what auctions are paying, which is up to 50% at times or 30% from the main cost. You get yeah. what I mean? So people can actually lower down the art price and just pay a one-time fee and that's it. These are the kind of things that I can foresee how ordinals is going to be in the future purely for art. And for DGENs, most probably going to be in Solana because Solana is so much cheaper, right? Or Tezos, right? Ethereum is still so much more expensive compared to how Solana is or Tezos is. But nonetheless, if ZK rollups do come in in Bitcoin, then we can actually still see a lot of these DGEN means happening. Mm. I agree because as the fees goes up, the, the ordinals that are on Bitcoin, uh, rightfully also, it starts to become more expensive to be worth it. And also recently, there's a art auction house that auctioned out uh, ordinals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so the beast. The, one of the biggest auction houses in the world. Yeah, yeah. So they, they did auctioned, Yeah, they, they, they auctioned out Bitcoin shrooms. And it was like 200k oh, wow. per shroom and stuff. So yeah. And so you can see the artwork also starting to uh, pick up on the ordinals. Today, we, we, we learn what is ordinals, the contributing to high gas fee, but it's good for the network. We also learned how Oxa is permissionless and zero fees for creators, artists to launch ordinals. I think we, we, we are coming to the end, but I, it's very important to get some alpha because uh, <laughs> any interesting things, okay, maybe not alpha, but interesting things, uh, what's coming for Oxa in the next, maybe a quick one, uh, six months, and any upcoming collection that we should pay attention <laughs> on, uh, on Oxa that we should go in and, you know, degen responsibility <laughs> and responsibly. Yeah, always, always, always DYO, right? For, for, yeah. for Oxa, it's, I, I don't really like to share alpha, but... Some alpha I can share is not only for Azar but the whole ecosystem space. If you go to my Twitter right now, um, mm. go to once look at my post. I shared some very very good pro- upcoming projects. Some of them are on Azar, some of them are not on Azar. These are the projects that I personally feel are amazing. The, the creators are amazing. The art is amazing, and it's really cool and unique, right? But in terms of Azar itself, we're gonna launch something really cool in February. Ooh, yes. Oh, so everyone should follow. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna launch something really cool. I actually hinted it on before on the thirty first of December. Basically, it's Oza 
own collection but this collection has its own use case if people want to degen and do ape stuff on odds platform and watch out for we're going to launch an, an announcement okay so you guys will be the first one to share this so basically there will be a amazing snapshot taken if you get what i mean in february and then there will be three phases of the snapshots in different months and in april we're gonna do something huge really huge so oh, this, this is exciting this is okay. exclusive you hear it you yeah. guys are first yeah. <laughs> yes yeah but, uh, and the whole community the whole communities are raving about it so oh, this is exciting want, yeah. yeah, but I think most importantly is to 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 stay on track is to follow Oza's uh X slash Twitter account uh because uh, I'm also looking at all the projects there. Yeah. Yes, correct. For us, we for projects that we partner with, we have a very we have to do a bit of a DD to partner with project because Oza is permissionless, right? Yeah. Permissionless means you can get you can get scammers or or or, or, or fake creators just copy paste and just launch and then if people buy you know we do not want to promote these people we only promote people that we genuinely believe is the is proper yeah oh i see last last question before we close this out is pertaining to your last question which is because there are dgens or because it's permissionless do you all do like kyc to the all uh, the creators or how how do you differentiate between that or oh, this is a legit real creators trying to do something uh, VSA, I just get from Fiverr and just paste it and put it onto Oxa. I, I mean, we don't actually restrict people that want to use Fiverr and stuff, right? I mean, for us, we have, just imagine us like Uniswap, where anyone okay. can just create the creative pool, it's permissionless, you know, people can create their launch tokens and create their... It's very similar concept. Like, we are permissionless, are all ungated, and usually if a, part, if a project reach out to us, they want to... Put, promote on want to ask other to help promote we will actually do a video call do a very quick dd right mm. because like i said we do not want to be under legal lawsuit like people complain that Oza is promoting scams technically i'm not trying to promote this but people can come to Oza and just launch be it a scam or not i'm not sure but it's again it's dyor is the mm. user that have to always dyor right it's very similar to uniswap if people complain that Oza promotes scams then complain to uniswap first they actually has permissionless and people launch stuff you know pancake swap or even other places right so it is not a no it is not a new thing it's a normal thing in the web3 space but mm. if you are a creator you want to launch and want Oza to help promote you have to go through a call with us, do DD. Uh, we just want to see your face. We talk to you guys and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Nice. Uh, I think for creators, uh, that's very good information. Zeng, back to you. Yep. So, that brings us to the end of the episode, I guess. Thank you so much, Nakip, for joining us on this episode and giving us some exclusive alpha, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nakip, for your time also. Uh, but uh, maybe you can share where they can find more, more about you and yes. yeah yeah for even for you want to follow me follow me on x mainly i'm more active on x is uh nakip underscore no that's my handle or uh, you want more information about Oza as well feel free to go to follow Oza in um twitter uh, it's on x they call it and if you have any <laughs> if you have any questions just feel free to drop me a message in x awesome and what about ourselves, Hawkway? You can find me going on chain and uh, on X slash uh, whatever Twitter. Yeah, 
also do most of the stuff over there. Awesome. And for us, you can find out and read more about our articles at blockhead.co. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy New Year.